0: Everyone
1: is a character. All characters are Tatiana. Conclusion Tatiana is everyone. You're listening to Tatiana is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. I'm your host. My name is Chris. And this is sort of a special edition episode of of the podcast. This is actually the Orphan Black Podcasters Season 3 Roundtable. And so we're going to be talking about all of the things that happened in Season 3. Spoiler warning, in effect, we are talking primarily about the most spoilery things that happened in Season 3. So obviously don't listen to this if you haven't seen Season 3 yet. And a big thank you to Mark from Solo Talk Media for setting this up. And to our buddy Kevin Batchelder from Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV for moderating.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Orphan Black Podcasters Roundtable. Appreciate you tuning in to check us out. My name is Kevin Batchelder. I'll be your moderator today. And we have several voices. uh, You're going to be here coming in here. Hopefully, you're probably listening, I would guess, to at least one of these podcasts, if not all of them, if you're smart. Because as you know, if you're a fan of Orphan Black, you love to dig into the details. So we've got several folks here today. We're going to try to cover some Season 3 topics and also a little conjecture about some possibilities for Season 4. So sit back and we're going to have some fun. Before we get started here, let me first give everybody a chance to introduce themselves so you can uh, hear the voices and know who we're going to have talking. Let's uh, first start off here and go over to Mark. Mark.
3: Well, thanks a lot, Kevin. My name is Mark Decote from Solo Talk Media, and if you're not familiar with it, I have the Orphan Black podcast, the one by Solo Talk Media. You'll hear about another one coming up very soon, but uh, yeah, and Solo Talk Media, the podcast is just me, so it's my insights on Orphan Black, my theories, and of course my listeners' feedback. So lots of fun.
4: And I am Karen Lindsay, one half of the other The Orphan Black Podcast. Uh, we are on DVMPE Network. Uh, I am the co-host with Steve Salyer, and uh, that's it for us.
1: My name is Chris Kwan. I co-host Tatiana is Everyone with my friend Stephanie, who could not be here.
5: My name is Kimberly Walton, I am from the Nerd Element, and I am half of 324B21, the Orphan Black podcast, my co-host, Sean. I'm not exactly sure where she is, she does a gazillion podcasts, so um, I think she might be doing one right now.
6: (laughs) My name is Terry Burge, and I'm one-third of the trio of non-clone co-hosts of the C-Word podcast, and if you know Orphan Black, you know what the C-Word is. (laughs) It's not what not. you think. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Corey,
0: a second, third of non-cloned co-hosts of the C Word podcast. Happy to be here talking more orphan black. Awesome. Well, we've got a
2: full panel of experts here, folks, and we are going to go into some great discussion points. And uh, just to keep things interesting, we're not going to take so much of a linear approach. We've got several topics we want to touch on that the folks have put into a document here, so... If it seems like the conversation is going in all directions, yes, it will be. So you do have to pay attention, but I think it'll be a lot of fun for you that way. Now, naturally, Season 3, we are all excited because we are big fans, let's face it. Uh, We got enough previews ahead of time to kind of see that we had a a new set of clones coming in. So I think we do have to kind of start with the whole leader and caster approach on that because that was a big part of this season. Uh, So I'm curious to hear folks' thoughts on that particular Uh, Topic, You know, did it work well? Did it not work for you? Kind of some general thoughts there to kind of kick things off. Why don't we uh, see what Terry thinks on that one?
6: I'll tell you, we were, on our show, we were discussing our concerns about uh, having the male clones and would they dominate the female clone storylines because we were so accustomed to them from the first two seasons. And my personal opinion, and I I think my co-hosts were pretty much uh, on the same track, is that uh, it was a, a really welcome storyline. It was a great sense of uh, tension. Uh, the caster clones being the new big bad. Uh, and uh, the, the, the female against the male dynamic as far as clones. And then they're turning out to be actually brothers and sisters. And that whole revelation towards the end of the season. Um, I, I thought it was a great, uh, a great form of storytelling. A great sense of tension. Uh For our writers out there, it was uh, Antagonists 101. I thought it was really well done. And I didn't think that the male clones overshadowed the women. I thought that it was evenly paired out and, again, well done by Ari Mellon on the male clone side. So there you go.
0: Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with Terry on that point. The... uh the idea that the the male clones would dominate the female storyline was a big concern, and they kind of just sprinkled it through. And, of course, they slowly made Ari Millen's job easier as they just killed off the clones as the season went on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, uh, of course, he didn't even uh, have to play the castor original, (laughs) so Mm. he got uh, light on that job as well. So a uh, fantastic job from him. But, uh, of course, the introduction of uh, new female clone Crystal was absolutely brilliantly done by Tatiana. She, of course, just knocked it out of the park this year. And, you know, the the rivalry between Lita and Kasta and was uh, a great and refreshing story uh, to add into the season.
3: Yeah, I agree with both of the, the other gentlemen there. I think uh, there was a lot of speculation online on whether the casters would kind of take away from the the leaders, our main characters, the characters we've grown to love over the last two seasons. And even once it started, there was a lot of people that said they didn't like that part because they wanted to see more of Tatiana. I was never of that opinion. I always thought that the casters were a very nice addition. It expanded the universe so it wasn't just the leaders against dyad it it introduced us to a whole new faction and now we've learned at the end of the season that there is even more than just that faction but i think uh, the introduction of the casters was a welcome addition in my opinion my only question with it is whether we saw all the casters we know that Lita, they've got sex all around the world like we talked about or we've seen where there was people in Europe and and even Crystal that's only a few hundred kilometers away which was another one so are we led to believe that there was only five caster clones or is that only one branch of the military and we're going to find out that there's more in the next season so that's what I'm curious about
4: yeah um, that's an interesting question there Um, I, I kind of agree and here's my caveat um I, I agree with all of that, but I also think that they weren't the big bad. They were pawns of the big bad. The big bad actually being the Neolutionists and them kind of being, uh, the pawns of, of the Neolutionists in this case. Um, and, you know, doing the dirty work, uh, going out there and keeping the diaries and, and causing all this mayhem and, and, uh, you know, uh, sterilizing women, essentially. Um, so, and doing all this testing. Um, I, I don't think the, the boys themselves had any idea that they were bad people. Uh, so, as for them actually being the big bad, personally, each of them, I don't think they thought they were. Um, I think their mom, quote unquote, was a little bit. And I think, uh, you know, the military organization was. And I think Neolationists were as well, uh, working together with that, you know, top side and all that. So, um Yes and no. Um, I loved that storyline. Uh and I loved how it all came together in the end with the oh my goodness, they're actually all connected sort of thing at the end of the season. Mm. Um mm. I mean that was genius, I thought, and not at all contrived. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, it was amazing how it all came together. And I agree. They really kind of made it very easy for Aerie, uh, <laughs> with them all kind of, you know, bam, 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 one each episode right at the beginning. <laughs> um, and I was finding myself, you know, I thought, oh, well. Why are we going to have all these clones? And then as they were dying, I was going, no, why are they killing them all off? I want to know these clones. (laughs) So I felt like I turned myself around real quickly. Um, But anyway, uh, that's my take on it.
1: I actually have sort of mixed feelings about the Lita versus Caster situation, or rather the addition of the Caster clones. Because, I mean, there was a lot of concern about it over the hiatus. And I was never really that concerned about it because I, I basically thought they would do what they ended up doing where they, you know, introduced them as essentially sort of the, the problem of the season, if you will. And, uh, I don't know, but I, I have sort of mixed feelings about how I ended up playing out just because they did spend sort of a lot of time in the first few episodes introducing us to them and then immediately killing them off. So, it just it felt a little odd, maybe a little unbalanced, but um I I kind of liked where it ended up going by the end of the season.
5: Yeah, basically um what everybody said. I mean I, I didn't I didn't foresee any issues with it. I it's funny that I I kind of oversee a Facebook group for Orphan Black and there was a lot of people uh in the beginning that I noticed didn't like it, didn't like the storyline and got bored and i think one of the reasons that is um it, it's kind of based what what chris and, and and karen were saying you introduce these characters these caster clones and then you start killing them off uh there was no time to get attached to them uh, character development wise and i think people from the first you know season got really attached to the Lita clones because we found out a lot about them and we grew to like them and people didn't like Kalaina in the beginning and then we grew to like her because we found out more about her. We didn't really have that chance with the caster clone so I, I can see where there was, for some there was no attachment so they just didn't, didn't care about the storyline but I'm, I personally thought that they did a good job balancing that. I, I, was really excited to see, uh, what Ari could do, uh, with, with the characters because Tatiana is, well, it's something to live up to, and uh, I, I thought that might be a little hard for him, but he, he did a really good job.
2: Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, you hit an excellent point there, Kimberly, and a lot of folks I've seen talk about is You know, when you have Tatiana to try to live up to, good luck. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I bet he was really, really scared.
2: Really. <laughs> I, yeah. I would blame him. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Now, another topic that I know, certainly myself and, I, and, and a lot of our uh listeners and folks i interacted with were talking a lot about the quote new delphine this season. So i'm very curious to hear you folks talk about that one a little bit. Let's uh give Karen a chance to start first on that.
4: Okay. This she came out of the blue for me. <laughs> um I wanted to like Delphine and i just did not. Although uh, and can we talk about Shay in this topic as well?
2: I don't see why not. Go right ahead. Okay.
4: Um, having Shay kind of helped with that. Um, and I was thinking to myself, well, who do I root for? Because I want Cosima to be happy. So, do I hope that Shay is bad? (laughs) Do I hope that (laughs) Cosima wants to be with Shay? Do I hope that Delphine is bad? Um, there was a lot of, you know, conflict in my mind over, you know, which one of these women should I hope turns out to be bad in the end? Because, you know, there's always someone you want to root for, right? In a show. Mm -hmm. Um, and with Delphine digging up all this information on Shay, there was a point where you had to pick a side in your mind. And both actresses are brilliant. So I could say to myself, well, either one I could pick and I'd be happy with the series continuing with either one of these actresses. And I just, I had no idea. I was torn. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but Delphine came back and it was like she was a whole different person. And I just thought, how did this happen? I would like to know what happened when she was away that turned her into this. So it came out of nowhere for me. I didn't understand it. And that was something that vexed me this season. Although having Shay softened it. So we still have Shay but that is something that's left up in the air. And then Delphine of course, um, I'm guessing we're going to talk about uh, her fate at some point in this podcast. Um, but yeah, that, uh, I didn't get how she was acting. Although if it was just a, I have to act this way in order for this to play out. Um, then fine. But you know, explain to us why. And they, I don't feel like they did that. So her storyline was the most, I don't get sort of storyline, at least for me.
1: I'm going to disagree with you on one point, Karen. Sure. Disagree with me you. on all of them if you want. I don't I, care. <laughs> I refuse to choose a side. Oh, okay. In, in the Delphine versus Shay war. I, I'm not going to choose a side because I love them both.
4: Yeah, I know. Me too. But I don't think those I things. ever did. It, well, it, but it's it's where those, I
1: have some problems with Delphine. I always have. I mean, I love Delphine, but mm-hmm. well, it she's didn't not start worked. out right either, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this season, yeah. I mean, you, oh, you mean in in the first ever. season with her?
4: With, I mean, working ever. with
1: Diane? right? right. right. Yeah. Her I motivations mean,
4: motivations were never really
1: pure. So yeah, their their relationship has been complicated the entire time. and anyway
4: i'll let you talk now
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it did feel like they got to a better place by the end of season two but then everything got weird at the end and the beginning of season three and i do agree with you that really the the change i can i can understand the change i can make that mental leap but they did it probably too fast Mm -hmm. and without enough you know backstory for it maybe but, um, yeah, it, it's one of those things, though, because, like, we don't really know enough about Shay yet to determine what her deal is, which is fine, because that means we'll have to bring her back next season and tell us. Right. <laughs> Yay. Which would be great. So That's exactly. what's so
3: interesting about her is that we don't know that background. Yeah.
1: But it's one of those yeah. things, like, I refuse to believe that anybody is a, quote, unquote, evil or bad character. Because yes, they're all this, gray. this show doesn't do that. Yeah. No. You know, the the worst characters have redeeming qualities and, Mm -hmm. or, or get put in some sort of awful situation that will make you feel compassion towards them. So, you know,
2: yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that is what I was talking about. Yes. But, um, yeah, the, the Delphine situation is, it's just, it's complicated and, as much as I love her, she crossed a couple of lines this season. So I don't know, but but we'll see. Uh,
5: this is a loaded question. <laughs> I uh,
2: I yes, think it is. Every- That's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <I> the <think>, first, <laughs> Kevin. Um, everybody we had on the podcast this season was a kofeine shipper, and I'm going to basically say what I said to all of them because I I like Delphine. Um, I do. I think she looks better with curly hair, for one. Um, I Amen. Didn't, I didn't like her straightening her hair. But um I think it's funny when I think back to what she said to Rachel before she left in that elevator where she said it was personal to her. I remember thinking back then, if she comes back, she's going to get back at Rachel. I don't know how that she's going to do it, but she had that look in her face that she was going to get back at Rachel. So that's what I considered was her motivation when you mentioned um Karen, why she was acting the way that she was, Mm. but I feel like she also had to, I think that was part of it, but she also, um, was trying to head up this, this organization and she just, I don't, she got all kinds of crazy and I, I understand like she's saying, oh, I'm trying to protect you, but I think we all know she showed up to Shay's house to show that she could, like that Mm -hmm. wasn't, that had nothing to do with her being protective. She got a little crazy, so I really wanted to like Delphine, and I kept giving her the benefit of the doubt, but she kept doing crazy stuff. So, um, I, I can't really say that I completely liked the way that she changed.
4: Um, well, that was kind of stalkery. I mean, it was a little stalkery. I, w- I yeah. was
5: like, you should just sit there and drink. Like, you, that's how you handle things like that. You right. sit there and you watch the tapes and you I'm just like, drink. No. Stop
1: firing. the tapes yeah. are creepy and stalkery at all. Sorry. I know, right?
5: Don't go and do that, anybody who's listening. I was just joking. Please.
4: Right, um, and stop. Yeah, by the hair. That's all. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I thought no. she, she I thought she went a little. She went a little crazy. So I don't. I don't particularly like that. Um, but hey,
4: I just wanted point. to like her this season. And <laughs> it was hard to do.
6: I think she wore her hair like that because she was trying to emulate Rachel. Uh, it's just my <laughs> own thought. Yeah. Um, with and I like her better with curly hair too. Um,
4: so, Terry, I, don't you know that? straight hair means more professional. I mean, that's the deal in TV. Straight hair means more professional and, and, uh, you know, more pretty and things like I, I have curly hair, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a, a hot spot for me. Straight hair means, you know, better, nicer, prettier, um, on TV. So that's just the deal. And it, it really bugs me. So when she comes back with straight hair, I'm like, they're trying to make her look more professional. So anyway.
6: Well, and I think that if, if that was their goal, I think that fit the the place that the character Delphine was now taking over. Right. Uh, I thought I, – uh, I was very impressed the way that uh, Delphine was portrayed this year. I guess I was a little surprised – and my my guess is that between seasons two and three, when she was uh, sent away, uh, that she probably was over in Europe. Uh, my guess is kind of that something happened in Europe uh, that she probably got wind of what happened to Rachel with the pencil to the eye. I would not doubt. But something happened over there either because of that or... Maybe Marion Bowles, who we didn't hear anything about this season. Maybe she met her over there and she told her some things. Uh, but I think that the change, which seems so abrupt, I think we're kind of left. And I would agree, I think I would have liked a little bit of a backstory as to why she made the change. But I think we're kind of left to assume that it was either all of a sudden or as I'm putting out as a, as a theory, something happened while she was away. To make her come back and not just be very businesslike, to be very professional. Uh, but all of a sudden, as the season wore on to become more and more ruthless. Uh, and we kind of got the impression she did it to protect Delphine, kind of a bizarre way <laughs> to help out someone you care about. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think something must have happened while she was away that caused her. Yeah, to to make that change and why she kind of just, instead of walking around and floundering in this new position. And the only insight we got was when near the end of the, uh, I think it was the last episode where uh, Ferdinand meets her and he says, do you ever think you're uh, overplaying your hand? And she says, constantly. That's the only crack in the wall we've seen about what I would have thought Delphine would have been like, not haphazardly, not being able to make any decisions, but a little more outward of having a moment here and there of, gee, I hope I'm doing the right thing and I'm still going to trudge forward. You know, we just got her kind of barreling on. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of an odd change for her, but I think something happened while she was away, in addition to hearing about what happened to Rachel, that um, brought on that personality change. And then um, I think in the idea of trying to help out um, Cosima without letting her know, which was kind of silly, <laughs> um, and then when Shay got added to the picture, well, then she felt threatened. On top of trying to manage all of this stuff, so uh, it, it was a very interesting change for the character. But I would agree, as far as writing, a little bit of backstory probably would have helped uh, with the you know presenting of the change in the character. So,
0: and I agree with what most of you are saying. I mean, her change was you know breakneck speed. But at the same time, at the beginning, it kind of seemed more like she didn't want to have to do the thing she was doing. Um, you know, it's just how I kind of saw it. Um, as she sort of came into the role, I also had to think about the people who preceded her. I mean, before her, there was Rachel and she was just, you know, she absolutely ruthless clone. And then before her, it was Leaky, who was pretty much just a mouthpiece for Neil Lucian. So she kind of has these people that she has to live up to. And I don't think she quite wanted to be in that position. And then, of course, you know, you get into the interrogation of Rachel. I mean, I think she loved doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, uh, of course, the whole thing with Shay came up as well. And that's, you know, it's what I said in our podcast. She may be French, but I'm getting an air of American Psycho over here. This is crazy. (laughs)
3: -hmm.
0: So I think she fell into the role quite nicely. Maybe got lost a little, you know, lost that sense of uh, I don't want to have to do these things, but I do have to do them. So uh, you know, I I I thought her development was quite nice. And then, of course, to cap it all off at the end, she kind of visits Kasima, and they share a kiss, and you can tell that. Delphine really cares for her and that she is doing things to try and protect her and ultimately she takes a a gunshot to the gut and you know who knows what's going to happen from there, I thought it was a very impactful moment so I actually really kind of like Delphine's character this season, I thought it was quite interesting
3: I I liked her character as well, although I did uh, many times on my podcast, I said she's gone very very dark this season and um, but I think the whole thing. W- what was getting to me was from from season one through season two, and all of a sudden in season three, she's the head of Dyad. I didn't think she had the qualifications, and that was the part that kind of ate at me a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I mean, in season one, she was a uh, uh, a little a lackey to well, lackey to leaky, um, <laughs> but she was she was a potential monitor. And that's what she was put in there. So as I don't know about the rest, but if you look at Paul, Paul, who was a monitor, was not that high in dyad. So she wouldn't have been that high in dyad either, especially at the beginning, because she was a potential monitor. She wasn't officially one until she actually hooked up with Cosima. And then in season two, she kind of, you know, worked her way into because she was a scientist. She worked her way into the lab. And now it's all of a sudden in season three, she's the head of dyad. I just didn't see that in my mind. I didn't think she was qualified for that position and maybe she wasn't, maybe she was over her head and that was the whole point of it but she said Marion Bowles is the one that appointed her um, if I was somebody in topside I would have questioned that decision right away because oh, yeah. this this woman because if you remember it's not like years went by between season 1 and the end of season 2 was what, only a couple of weeks? technically? Like um, mm-hmm. So within a couple of weeks she went from a monitor to all of a sudden being the head of Dyad so I had that issue um, but throughout the season, especially after the part where she broke up with Cosima and then you see her in the hallway crying because it's not something she really wanted to do, but she felt she had to because she couldn't play preferences. She had to be equally involved with all the clones, including Crystal. That's how we ended up meeting Crystal. But uh, after that, she got really dark. She started spying on Shay and maybe she had good reasons. We still don't know uh that at this point, but she did go into Shay's um, apartment there with that razor and that whole story. And I know on my podcast, the the listener's feedback when they were talking about it, it was about 50-50 on whether, because I asked the question, do you think if she hadn't have gotten that phone call from Kasima, uh, would she have gone through with it? And half the people said, yeah, she would have. And the mm-hmm. other half said, no, it yeah. was just a, a blind threat. But... She got really dark for her, for a character to say that she would do that. Just like Rachel, she, she was willing. She told Rachel that, you know, if you start getting, you're, you're recuperating, you're getting better, which means you're a threat. And if you're a threat, I'm going to have to do you in. It's just, I found that was a big change on Delphine. And I didn't like that side of her because we didn't see any of that in season one or two. She seemed like a very sweet, very, uh, uh, science person. And I, we didn't see that killer person that she developed in season three.
6: Uh, It could have been that, as I said, uh, Marion Bowles said something to her or Marion appointed her that position mm, because she knew she would be over her head.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she could manipulate her. Mm -hmm.
6: Could be that. Could be. We don't know. All right. Well, we've talked about a
2: couple of very important and big topics and also some kind of serious ones. So let's kind of twist a little bit and let's have a little fun. Let's talk Allison and Donnie. Kimberly will let you up go go before that one. I think that was
5: like my favorite moment. Um seeing them twerk. No, that whole dance on the bed with the glitter and the Canadian money flying all over the place, I was I just remember sitting there with my mouth open. And then I had to rewind it mm-hmm. and watch it again. They um they're hilarious to me. They're like the Comic relief. Um, Sometimes their story kind of separates from everybody else's, so I'm glad that they brought it back in, which they did um, later on. But I really, I really like Allison and Donnie. I'm Team Hendrix, so.
6: Yeah, I thought, uh, as I called it on our show, uh, Hendrix Incorporated Pharmaceutical Entrepreneurs. (laughs) Um, It was interesting to see, uh, you know, Donnie had admitted to Helena that he did something about this drug thing for the family, and here's uh, Allison doing something for her kids, actually saying, if Marcy, you're going to redistrict, I'm going to run, and actually sticking up for her kids. I mean, at the, at the dinner party, she says, well, you know, school board is not much, but it's still an example of family as a theme uh, that's prevalent here, and I think the two of them are comic relief and, of course, the twerk, uh, which will go down in history, I believe. And uh just as a side note, uh, yeah, I had to go back and rewatch it too for very different reasons. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> follow follow Don't that judge. one, Corey. No <laughs> judge. Judge.
0: I'm speechless. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, Alison and Donnie, comic relief. Absolutely love it. The twerk, just brilliant. Um, when they brought in Ramon at the beginning of the season two, I was so ecstatic because I've been trying to champion Ramon and Felix getting together for. I love Ramon, like me too. Ever. Yes. That would be perfect. So for him to come in and sort of just, you know, steal their money and then disappear, I was a bit like, oh, huh, damn. But, uh, of course the story worked out great. They get into the drug business, Allison running for. Uh, the uh, president of the district or whatever it is. And, um, you know, we got a whole bunch of little scenes with the other clones. You know, the Alice and Cosima crossover, so funny. Uh, Helena taking care of Pouchy, that was just, you know, when she comes out with that Uh, paper cutter blade, I was like, oh, Oh. man, I wish we could have seen that fight. That would have been awesome.
3: (laughs) It's It's almost (laughs) more awesome just imagining it.
4: Yeah. (laughs)
0: And, of course, uh, Jason as well, you know, a nice little sort of, you know, antagonist for the story, if you will. Um, I thought he did a great job. No resolution for him, though. So I think we might see
3: some more of him next season. Yeah, I I love the Allison and Donnie section of the show. We needed that. The show it would go really, really dark if we didn't have those two to kind of lighten the mood. And it's the little things like the totes that are all labeled with the label gun on what drugs are in him. And (laughs) Donnie pulling up in the car and saying, what do you mean it's conspicuous? There's cars everywhere. It's like just (laughs) how dunce that he is. And that whole twerking scene, which I love for the fact that it wasn't actually part of the script. That it, it was Tatiana and Christian just were fooling around and doing this off camera, and then they said, "Oh, we got to we got to throw that in." So they had them put it, the scene in. So it wasn't actually. It's not the writers that wrote that in. It's the two that were kind of ad libbing something on the side, and it brought so much. And that's a scene that'll be remembered from season three. I mean, it's one of those scenes. Years from now, we'll think back and we'll have a chuckle at that scene. And it was all out of just something that they were doing off camera for the fun of it. And I don't think they did it to that full extent. But uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And the whole um uh, the, the whole slapstick thing with Kasima and impersonating Allison in the 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 school <laughs> there and going back and forth and then meeting her mom and of course her mom said, you know, that woman she was Milano and uh just the, <laughs> The, the whole thing. I, I mean, we needed we needed that. If we didn't have that, as I said, it would be a very dark show. So,
4: well, I have to say that Donny is strong like a bull, and my sister chose very well. So, I I do like Donny and Alice very much. They took me in and helped me this season with my baby. So tony Ellis a very good i say thank you very much that was my like well done <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
6: it's very good
4: <clears throat> that's it i just wanted to do that <laughs> <laughs> and anything else
1: that you wanted to say as yourself no not really <laughs> oh okay
2: <laughs> can't measure up to that
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean what everybody else said though cuz you know the twerking scene, the, uh, they're just so great. Mm. <laughs> I'm so relieved that they made up at the end of season two, because this is mm. what resulted from that.
6: <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, Cause, oh, just uh, Donnie. He's
6: <laughs> <laughs> <Donnie's laughs> just so
1: ridiculous, good. but, but he's, he's great though.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, he's Allison's well-meaning bitch. and, uh, <laughs> Exactly. But, like, he, he's totally owning that. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's, he knows it and he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, makes me ha- that makes me happy.
6: Was <laughs> it Chubbs? What was it? Yeah. Chubbs. Yeah. Chubbs. Yeah. Chubbs. Donald yeah. Francis Chubbs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I thought and, that was just an insult, but it turned out to be his name.
4: <laughs> oh, God. She'd definitely be the dominant in the relationship if it was a Dom <laughs> sub thing. Who, the mom? Allison. Oh,
6: oh, oh.
2: <laughs> this conversation just got weird. The textbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I no
4: don't doubt. think it did. For this show, I don't think it got weird. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> We've got grandma sisters in this oh. show. so
2: yeah. <laughs> No, but speaking a little bit of getting weird, what, uh, what about the thoughts on the storyline that had the casters infecting the women? That was some, some pretty serious stuff. Uh, what do you think there, Corey?
0: Yeah, this was an interesting turn of events. Um It was great how they introduced it. You know, it wasn't too heavy. They kind of just threw it in there and left us to think, hey, what's going on here? They're, you know, sleeping with these women and then stealing their hair and logging them in the book. And, you know, they just let that play out naturally as if it was, you know, it was no big reveal or something like that. It's just like, we'll get to it. Don't worry about it. And, um then, of course, for that to then lead into what Cody was doing, trying to weaponize um, this of this virus, I thought was a, a great way to sort of tie all that in. Um, and then, of course, seeing the devastating side of it between Mark and Gracie as well. You know, she loses Helena's baby because of it um, unwittingly. So, And then um, how Ari played it between all the different clones as well. You know, you had, like, Seth and Rudy who were just like uber weird and like to have three ways together. It's <laughs> 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 and then, you know, on the opposing side, you have someone like Mark who was, you know, it was quite nice. He sort of turned out to be genuinely in love with Gracie and she was in love with him. And, you know, those two just wanted to go off and live their life. So, yeah, very well done.
3: Yeah, I, th- I thought the whole the whole premise behind it though I was a little confused at because if they're trying to weaponize this, and as Cody said, imagine if we can weaponize this, we'll eliminate war in a generation. Well, what were they planning on doing? They were going to send these five caster boys over wherever their war is and try to sleep with as many women as they could. But uh now I, I realized they were trying to whatever create some sort of compound or chemical from it. But it's just. I don't know. I just thought that whole thing was a little weird to try to eliminate war this way. So I didn't really care for that, but I did like the way they brought the whole thing on. And as you said, it was the slow burn on it. Um, but I would have liked to see afterwards. Like it just seems like Gracie in the one episode she they called the paramedics, she was down on the ground, and then the next episode she was fine, and they just said, "Oh, she was infected." And so I would have liked to seen some other effects on her afterwards. But so be it.
4: Uh, well, the Gracie thing made me mad. Uh, and the fact that it kind of, um, uh, tainted her relationship with Mark. Because, you know, it was their first time and it was kind of sweet. Um, so that bugged me that now they can't have kids. Um, the rest of it, you know, if you think about it and, if it weren't a show, which it is, um, uh, that they're making all these women sterile, that kind of ticks me off too. However, um, I do like how they introduced it on the show, like you guys said. Um, and I think you guys need to read more. Uh, <laughs> Corey's all scandalized over a three way. <laughs>
0: Dude, Dude that's read some books. Brothers, brothers. I think, yeah. it's those, that was I think like, it's
6: those two being part
0: of a three-way.
4: Okay, yeah. all right. I'm not opposed to
0: a three ways. Okay, okay.
4: <laughs> just, just throwing that out there. Uh, Noted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, I, I guess I'm just jaded then <laughs> because I'm like, it, I, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that it's weird. What is wrong with me? Um, so anyway, uh, I didn't, I, I'm guessing it was some sort of, it was gonna be some sort of a virus that they would unleash. Um, but again, I think it was just power, uh, that they were looking for, some sort of power, uh, that Cody was looking for. So that's my, you know, once it goes militarized, um, then you know that that's a power storyline, I'm guessing.
1: Yeah. The, uh, Castor infecting women story to me, it's, it's deeply disturbing, but thematically relevant. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> um, I'm nodding. <laughs>
5: I'm. I was kind of disturbed by it. It's the poster for safe sex, guys. I just, I don't know. It was, uh, it was very disturbing. I think what it, the majority of them, I'm assuming, didn't know what they were doing. Rudy knew exactly what he was doing, and you can go to jail for that. Um, because I think somebody did go to jail for spreading like HIV or something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Once, okay. in so, people have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, that that was disturbing, but I, it, it was part of the storyline. And again, the, the way that they threw it out there and uh, um, I think it was done well with the story. So I'm, I'm not going to complain about it.
1: I do wish Patty could have gotten some justice, though. Yes. Mm.
6: I, you know, I'm going to have to go with Mark on this one. I, I'm, I'm kind of like kind of set off in an odd state here about the weaponizing of it and how it's going to do that in a generation, why wouldn't you just go after guys or something or other? I mean, you're going to infertilize a bunch of women um, somewhere. You'd have to infertilize all women everywhere. And then then you're going to have the the destruction of the human race. Everybody's going to die off eventually. So it's like, yeah, we're going to have no wars, but guess what? We'll be going off the planet sooner than we thought. Isn't that great? Uh, It seemed like a real backwards way, and if she's having... Uh, connections with castor, which means she 's got connections with the military uh that 's a real dumb military move uh to be honest with you I, I you know i it was really scary that uh they were infecting women i also i agree that was creepy um but to me it just seemed like a real back ended way to try to to accomplish that goal of getting rid of war that Yeah, that was the one thing that kind of got mismatched with me. It's like,
4: Well, remember the guys died too, and it may have sped up their illness.
6: Yeah, but I mean they're trying to develop something from it, so wouldn't they use that to go on and uh, um, um, sterilize women as well? Yeah,
4: I'm thinking it might have done both.
6: Well, then you're still going to have the same thing if you're going to kill off the human race, so that's kind of like…
4: I'm guessing they just would have used it on whatever country… Like, like uh, they used Agent Orange, yeah. yeah. In just a concentrated area, yeah.
6: I, I, I just—I'm just theorizing. I, yeah, sorry, I agree. that's okay. And I just, but I, I, I think it was a really odd way to, go, you know, I agree. Really strange means to an end. Again, so. TV show. <laughs> True. Yeah. Sorry. There you
5: go. It's a very odd <laughs> government program. This government that supposedly I, the U.S. that I operates in Mexico Kobe. and
6: Canada. I think yeah. it was
4: Cody. Oh, do you? You don't
5: think yeah. the government knew about it at all? I think it, she though?
4: twisted
6: it. No. Well. well, even even Paul was questioning it. What are we doing here? Right. So you know, Paul had the idea that you're doing A, and now he's you know before his demise, he figured, oh you're doing B instead. Wait a minute.
4: I
5: felt like the big guy knew though, like the one hey. that they kept meeting. I felt That's like true. he knew. He did.
6: Oh, sure, he did.
2: Probably more to be developed there, definitely. Well, you just brought up here, so I think we have to go down the Paul road. Talk a little bit about his character arc and uh, ultimate uh, sacrifice there. Uh, Pretty impactful stuff. Uh, What do you think there, Chris?
4: Poor Paul.
1: I mean, (laughs) he he spends the first two seasons, and you're kind of never quite sure what side he's on, like what angle he's playing. And then we finally get a sense of who Paul truly is, and they kill him off. And then we're all sad and extra sad because we found out that, oh, he really did love Sarah, which we kind of knew. But it's nice to have confirmation. And and the fact that he didn't know about these awful things that were going on. And as soon as he did find out, he was trying to do something about it. And, yeah, it just, poor Paul.
5: I'm not over it, so I keep seeing his face. <laughs> sitting in that chair, crying with all that blood. So I just, at a... Uh, Ugh. yeah i wasn't expecting it i don't it i stay away from um rumors or reading like so i didn't know that they were planning on killing off like a character although i think you know, some people didn't know that i didn't so to me it came like a surprise and a slap in the face and um i don't know i just I'm kind of a, i was kind of upset about it because you're right we did find out more about paul uh which made him more likable, and he was trying to help, and they just took him away, Game of Thrones style.
6: I thought it was a real interesting way to bring him back in. Uh, We saw season two that he got brought back in with uh, coming in that limo with Marion Bowles, and then in this season when he finally discovers, hey, something's going on here that shouldn't be going on, uh you can, you can imagine that his loyalties are just, you know, twisted, left, right, upside, and down. And I really felt for the guy uh, once he figured out and he first uh, uh, confronted Cody about it. You know, what are we doing here, Virginia? You know, what's going on here? Um, I wasn't <laughs> – anybody listens to the C-word will know that I said this. I am not crazy about what he said at the end uh, to um, – Oh crap! I have such a hard time with this Alzheimer's. Um, yeah. Sarah, thank you. That's why I have Corey around. Um, when they he all look this, alike. Is that what you're saying? That yeah, they all, they look, all alike? look alike. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Racist. Yeah. That's right. I'm a clonophobe. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, Crystal thinks clones are creepy. So um, but, <laughs> when, <laughs> when he says, "Well, it wasn't." It wasn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't really um, Beth-, Beth. Beth, damn. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I got myself started. I'm not. You're gonna, on a roll. <laughs> yeah.
4: He didn't ever love Beth,
6: which I found to be a really corny Hallmark moment thrown in for emotional impact that to me felt really hollow. Uh, I, I just didn't get that. Um, it really wasn't her. Uh, well, that's nice to know. Thanks for showing up. Um, but I just really felt for him towards the end, uh, you know, the, all before it was just like, you didn't know where his loyalties were. And then he, uh, when he was part of the trade-off, um, at the end of season two with Helena, uh, he was sitting in the truck with Mrs. S and I'm like, damn, he's like hardcore military here. Uh, and he played that hardcore all the way towards about the halfway point. it's like, you know, his humanity, like we were saying earlier, nobody's truly black or white, evil or good, uh, that he really felt. You know something at the end, and he felt he had to do something unfortunately, it was too little, too late you know but um yeah i i'm I'm gonna miss the character. I thought he was a good character,
0: yeah, and I'm in agreement there pretty much he he was fine throughout the the season. He kind of came in and did his thing and sort of decided that he wasn't happy with what was happening with castor, so I think they made up for it by having his death be a surprise. And that's what really made it impactful. You know, he had, he had the fight with, uh, I think it was, it was Rudy he had the fight with and he gets stabbed yeah. in the gut a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, he, he could still be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's sitting there and uh, Cody comes in and she shoots him and he's still going along. And you're like, mm, Yeah, sure. Maybe he can still be okay. <laughs> but then the grenade drops and you're like, Okay. Yeah, he's he's sacrificed himself. Way to go, Paul. <laughs> I think it so, was Miller that he fought. Yeah, it was. It was Miller. Right, right. And um, yeah, you know, it was uh it was a very redeeming moment for Paul, so good on him. <laughs>
3: yeah. What I loved about the whole Paul thing is We mentioned in Orphan Black how it's hard sometimes to tell if somebody's good or bad. Well, Paul is the ultimate example because he started off, we knew he was a monitor and we thought he was bad. Then he turned out he was good, he was on Sarah's side. But then he turned bad when he joined Dyad and then he was good because he was helping Sarah. And then he turned bad again whenever he kidnapped Helena and it was going back and forth, and we never knew where he stood. Now, at the end, he redeemed himself with the whole thing. But it's just, I really like that about his character because throughout the, the whole thing, we kept flopping back and forth. We never knew where he stood. And it, so many of the characters are like that. We look at them. And we say, like, are they a good guy or are they a bad guy? Like, you know, we look at Delphine and we say the same thing. We look at Shay, we say the same thing. We we don't know on what side they are, and maybe they're on both. and And that's what I liked about Paul's story arc was that, and the way he sacrificed himself. I think in the end, he redeemed himself. So,
4: yeah, I'm heartbroken. Um, I loved Paul, and I think if you look back, uh, even though he's done some really hinky things. I think you can see that um, he has had a soft spot for Sarah the whole time, even if he had to do some really bad things. Uh, He, God, when he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, he's really bad. But through the whole thing, I think he really did love Sarah. And just, oh, God, it's just sad nah. that he that he's gone hey stop it <laughs> <laughs> um he did he it, you know there were scenes where um when sarah beat up rachel in the office and he could have kept her there he let her go and it was scenes like that where you go okay he's looking out for her when he took helena that was so that sarah didn't get taken sarah and um, Kira. Kira, thank you. Sarah and Kira were spared so that Helena got taken. Now, it's bad because, you know, Helena got taken, but, you know, he didn't want Sarah to get taken. So, you know, that was his sacrifice in his mind that, you know, Sarah goes free. That's, I got to think of Sarah.
6: Um, yeah, but now, that was Mrs. S's decision. And yeah. his well, she owned it herself. She said it was my she decision. She owned
4: it, yes, but I think it he they colluded. Um because she said she she and Paul worked together to get that done. Um anyway, uh I There's also the moment where he uh
1: framed Felix for the murder.
4: Okay, oh, that yeah. was bad. <laughs> that was the worst scene in this whole show. I have it was to say, pretty terrible. It was bad. That was a rape scene, in my opinion. Um, okay. That was bad.
6: That was last season, wasn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Last season. Just checking.
4: Uh, okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was bad writing. Let's, let's do that. Uh, actually, it was a really good writing, but, um, I just saw. Uh, the Nerd HQ panel with the men of Orphan Black and he was part of it and one of the things is how much they love Dylan Bruce and how much they're going to miss him on the set and I almost cried because they really do love each other on that set and he was like well I have another gig already because he's going to be on Heroes Reborn but you know," he said I'm really sad to be leaving the show and I was just like, oh, you really are dead. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that was confirmation for me that it took him coming out to say it for me to know that oh yeah, he's really dead. You know, for me it's if your head gets cut off, you're dead. And his head wasn't cut off, so
6: <laughs> but not until you say it though.
4: Yeah, he said and it.
6: When your head's on the ground and you say my head's been cut off, then <laughs> then Karen's like, "Okay, you've been decapitated."
4: Yeah, exactly. So uh yeah, it, I just, I, I, I will mourn the loss of his character. So there's that.
2: That's what a show like this does to us. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah, you get it attached.
2: Absolutely. Now, a big story item we had this season certainly was the revelation of the original. Um, some folks think it was a brilliant story move, some folks thought it was rather convenient. So I'm curious what this set of folks thinks.
3: Mark, you want to tackle that first? sure do uh, I personally love the revelation of Kendall being the original of mrs s 's mom being the original, and it, it especially at the end, once you see the whole like at first, it was kind of like why and it didn't make a lot of sense, but I still like the whole idea and but once you hear the science behind the whole com- chimera thing, and then at the end, when she talks about how. Leaky manipulated the whole thing and what he did to her and then how in payback for her hiding him through uh, Saban how he was able to get Sarah or direct her to Mrs. S so that the whole thing it, it, it made sense at the end and that's what I really enjoyed about that and uh, I have to say that I loved. I, I don't know the actress's name I don't remember but she she was an excellent choice. I, I love how crass and how crude she was, and and uh, it was just a fun time seeing her acting amongst all the others. And uh, I think she did a really good job.
4: Okay, I think this was brilliant because this put all the puzzle pieces together. Exactly. I have been wondering from day one why, why Sarah was the lone clone out. Why she was put with Siobhan. Um, why, why was all this happening off to the side? And now we know why. Uh, and, and we also know why she was placed with Siobhan. Um, you know, why Siobhan had all these skills. Um, why everything was intertwined. Um, why Siobhan knew the scientists behind Lita. All that stuff, everything came together mm-hmm. in the end. Um, and it just, it made so much sense. And now I want to know how Felix is connected. <laughs> because why is he there?
3: Yeah, as you said, we got so many answers that we weren't really expecting to get this season. So
4: I know, it's crazy how it all just came together. All in almost like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It all just made perfect sense to me, like a puzzle coming together right at the end. And <laughs> that actress is crazy good. <laughs> um, she is a hoot and a half. Uh, when she was wearing that suit and Kasima comes in and she's like, let's get that suit off. I told you I could take this suit off. She's just a crotchety <laughs> old lady, uh, just amazing. And Kasima just she handled her beautifully and it was great. Um, you know, she didn't want to do anything. She, she didn't. And Kasima was just like, okay, whatever. I'll just sit here and I won't do anything. And but you don't need that suit on. I told you, I don't need the suit on. She had a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. And, you know, (laughs) she reminded me of that cartoon with the English guy with the cap on. I can't remember the name of the, the, the comic strip. Um, but it's a guy with the, like an English guy with a cap on and he's always got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Andy Cap. Thank you, Andy (laughs) Cap. Yes. (laughs) But she would be Andy Cap, obviously, because the wife's not like that. Um, but God, she's just amazing. And then, you know, for her to tell her daughter all this stuff about, and you know, nobody knew everything. Nobody knew everything Mm -hmm. until she told everything. And then all the pieces came together. It's like nobody knew everything. And then blam, just everybody knew everything all at once. And, uh, it was crazy good. And of course we're going to, we're going to talk about Ferdinand in a little bit, but man, all of that coming together in front, in front of Ferdinand was, uh, also incredible. So yeah,
1: Allison Stedman is the actress's name who plays Kendall Malone and she was great. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed her a lot cuz she's just so awful. And you're <laughs> yes. like, "Oh, that's why Mrs. S is is such a badass. She had to be."
6: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. But um yeah, I I actually really liked the revelation of the original. And it's interesting because I really didn't care that much about the idea of the original, even though they'd mentioned it a few times and, you know, like it was going to be a thing. And I'm just kind of like, I it doesn't really matter to me. But then they had the reveal and it's like, oh, this is actually really interesting to me. I like that they fit in this sort of new science twist of the chimera. And, you know, I, I like that kind of thing. So... Yeah, And yeah, I I like that it was a revelation that it wasn't, it it didn't feel contrived to me. It felt like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's not contrived. It's by design. Like this is, this whole thing has been set in motion, you know, 20, 20, 30 years ago, you know?
5: Uh, yeah, I, I liked it too. I I don't know anything about biology or genetics. So when she was talking about absorbing the other, the twin, I was just kind of like, yeah. Um, (laughs) but okay. Hey, I'll, I'll go with it. I just, um, to me, like that, that actress did a really, really good job, but I was looking at her speaking and I was like, this is Mrs. S and like, Mm -hmm. 20 years. I mean, I because I I I'd originally thought that maybe Mrs. S like got mad and killed her husband um, when she was talking about how he died. So it makes sense that I mean, I, I feel like she learned how to kill from her mother, believe it or not. Just because <laughs> um, she's garden shears, and we saw what Mrs. S did to those two people Ugh. in that house. So I'm like, hmm, and she was still willing to pull the trigger on her mother like that. So. um there's, they're very similar. Uh, Mrs. S seems to be nicer now, but um, they are Actually, very similar. Apple. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Close. Exactly. So um, I kind of liked seeing them play opposite of each other because it's like, <laughs> you're looking in a mirror. And I do like how uh, they explained. Um, I'm glad Tara asked the question, well, why don't I look anything like her? Because I'm sure everybody was thinking that at the moment. Um, and I'm glad Scott explained uh, why. So
3: So does that mean if Alita and a caster got together and had a baby, the baby would look like her?
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. Excest, hello, I'm blown. No. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Incest goes that. over my line. Don't I'm not saying a lot.
6: I'm, I'm just saying, I'm thinking all these different clones and who's, mother or grandmother or aunt or sister or niece. It's like, it's just weird. It's okay. kind of like.
4: You have to go by the once upon a time family tree way I'll of thinking. Joke. Okay. <laughs> once upon <laughs> This is time? actually
1: less confusing than that.
4: Yes, it is. But it's still, you just don't think about it.
6: <laughs> no, but it's just trying to remember how to refer to person A in relation to person B. It's like, well, that's your um, such and such. And <laughs> something Grand, else.
4: She's their grandmother and sister.
6: Isn't that convenient? How about that? Yeah. And Mrs.
4: S and Kira and
1: Gemma and Oscar and Helena's science baby are all cousins. That's
6: Correct. Weird. Yeah, it's kind of like the Roman Empire up to the 21st century. <laughs> but anyway, Ron um
4: is also grandmother and cousin to Kira.
6: Great grandmother.
4: Grandmother. Right.
6: Siobhan would be grandmother that's what I said Siobhan oh I thought you said uh, Kendall I'm sorry Uh, I love the reveal you know uh, my concern was that they were going to go over to London or wherever they were going to go if they were going to stay in the states or whatever um, and they might not find it they were going to leave that as a cliffhanger into season 4 that they were on the trail and they were just about or they knew who it was that would be like a last reveal and credits for the season uh did not expect it to be one person i love the idea of introducing the chimera i think that that was brilliant i don't think it was convenient i could see why people think that um but it was a twist that i was not expecting you're expecting you know a male uh, original for the caster boys and you're looking for a female uh original for the leader women and here here it is, two and one, which means Kendall was a cannibal in the womb. Isn't that exciting? And um, <laughs> But I thought the reveal was just completely unexpected, uh, very intelligent, uh, really smart, smart, smart writing. I love, love, loved it. And uh, Alison Stedman just plays it to a T. And I also love the scenes w- with uh, Siobhan and her mom together. I think that was just priceless. And the reveal at the end when Siobhan had her tell her, you know, this is about you, Sarah. And you have a right to know. And she looks at her mom. She goes, you know, let her know about her past. Uh, Because apparently I would imagine, well, I should not say imagine. We see the way that uh, Mrs. S responds. She didn't know the whole story.
3: Mm -hmm. No, she didn't. So
6: so it was a reveal for Sarah and her unknowingly for herself. I guess she's like, well, this will be more of a, uh, you know, a ball knocked out of the park for Sarah. And here's, she's the one that broke down into tears. Uh, so I, I absolutely love the actress who plays um, uh, Kendall. I thought she was brilliant, and I think it was really, really, really smart writing.
0: And, of course, I pretty much agree with what everyone has said. But uh, what I really love is how it, Kendall tied into the whole story with Mrs. S and mm-hmm. Sarah. And then the thought that Kendall had killed John Sadler, so okay. that's a bit raw for for Siobhan. But if she hadn't killed John Sadler, then she wouldn't have ended up in jail. She wouldn't have met Duncan and then the clones wouldn't exist, at least in the way that we know them now. So, you know, that, that whole twist of a, of a storyline too really makes a lot of sense. And then, um, the interactions between Siobhan and Kendall were really great because Kendall sort of had this air of like, she can tell Siobhan what to do, you know? Um, she, she was probably like that back in the day. Of course, she did kill her husband. So she, she sort of has this mean front, but every time she tried to do that with Mrs. S, Mrs. S would, you know, threaten to blow her up in her own flat or throw her in an acid bath or something and put her in a place. And suddenly (laughs) she'd have her head down like a wounded dog. Oh, the acid
4: bath. I forgot the acid.
0: (laughs) And then of course the you know the the powerful moment where Kendall does explain everything and and it really hits home for Siobhan, you know, and she breaks into tears. Just a, a beautiful scene. Nice. Absolutely loved it. Loved everything with Kendall. And of course you have to have a laugh because we were you're saying through the whole season about how Ari Millen's job was getting easier as they killed off all these clones. You're expecting Ari Millen to play the castor original and oh no, no, we're gonna flip it on its head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, well, a name we've definitely heard mentioned several times so far, and we need to give it its own topic, would certainly be Ferdinand.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so let's hit on that one. Let's let uh, Terry kick that
6: off. Hello, I'm Ferdinand. <laughs> um, what an arrogant jerk, and uh, <laughs> delightfully so. There's always characters where the, they call it, you love to hate. Uh, boy, oh boy, he certainly fit that uh, to a T. Uh, He was certainly full of himself, Um, especially when he gets in the car at the end uh, with Cody, you know, and he just introduces himself. And you could see that she knew who he was, but he just sits there and goes, hello, Virginia Cody, I'm Ferdinand, you know, all full of himself and his glory. Um, He was the, the early in the season about the one who came and checked in on Dyad. He was the cleaner, as he was called earlier. Uh, Then he comes back again, and he's still causing trouble. I loved the revelation in Delphine's office where he finds out that it was actually Sarah posing as Rachel. Uh, The look on his face was priceless. Agreed. Uh, That was just an awesome. And and, uh, Delphine standing in the background kind of nodding her head very subtly going, uh-huh, got you, didn't we? Um, That was great. And the fact that he you know, was in control so much of a lot of situations. And then all of a sudden now he kind of sees it unraveling. And I love Delphine telling him, you're the lesser of two evils. Wow. Talk about a blow to the ego. Um, and then at the end where he says, uh, he finds out about Neolution's being involved. And it turns out that uh, bulldog is a henchman is a Neolutionist, you know, and he knocks the ball out of the park. Uh, I hate, hate, hate him. And he's dragging him into the acid bath. Well, it looks like we're new BFFs now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just delightfully played with so much sarcastic savvy and just dripping with ick <laughs> that you just sit back and go, I really want to see more of this guy. You know, So it'll be interesting to see. But all this season, he was kind of out of the picture for a while. But whenever he was in, he was kind of the big man on campus until the very end and then it's all of a sudden like, well, we're kind of on the same side for now. So, you know, you guys run off, I'm going to take care of this guy. He tells him to stop moaning or complaining or whatever, and uh off they go. So, uh it was a it was an interesting change for a character we didn't see much but still had a lot to uh a lot to play in the whole season.
0: Yeah, he he was a great character and I think it's because of the the fact that he was so against our leader clones that we love, that he would come in and he'd be so smarmy and the And then, of course, the the twist where he does turn on his henchmen because he finds out he's a Neolutionist. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you think, well, yeah, he's a smarmy character, but now he's on the side of, of the clones. He's going to work as a great tool, you know? He's kind of just flipped mm-hmm. himself, you know, with one swing of the bat. He's flipped his character to be like, hell yeah.
6: It was a good man. It was a couple of swings <laughs> of the bat, though. <laughs> More than
0: one, yeah. Oh, sure. So I'm, I'm totally on board, and I love the actor too. I mean, I've seen him around. He's been on James Train.
4: He's amazing. And, uh,
0: uh, I remember him from 24. He was in uh, the Tron Legacy movie. You know, great actor. So uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to where they're going to
3: go with him. Yeah. I I just what I loved about his character is how we went from despising him hating him and then in a span of 10 seconds of the show Loving his character. <laughs> we just did a complete 180 on him where he was like, just despicable. Ooh, they have to work with this Ferdinand guy to all of a sudden. It's like, he is so awesome. Just the way he changes and he, he doesn't take control. He tells him, you better hide Kendall, but don't tell me where. I don't want to know. You just take her far away. Mm-hmm. So he's smart and. Uh, whether we can trust him or uh, I know I put this question out on my podcast and I said, "Can we trust Ferdinand in season uh, season four?" And so many people said he's going to be a great ally, he's going to be um, a good source of information, but trust him not on your life. No, no, no. you can't trust him. Now, just uh, James Frain, uh, he's an awesome actor, and I'm looking forward. He's actually he's going to be one of the main characters on season two of Gotham. He's yep. going to be one of the the big bad guys. On awesome. uh Gotham, yep. so I'm literally you looking forward to in. that. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, James Frain, I'm in. Uh he's amazing, no matter what the role is. Um and you know, I just looked him up to see what he was on, and he's like my age. <laughs> that makes me feel really old. Um yeah. <laughs> but uh he's crazy good in everything and he's he's usually the heavy in whatever he does and um he uh he played this to the hilt all the way through even the the sex scene with "quote unquote Rachel" mm-hmm. um was really good and um and then when he realizes it wasn't Rachel i mean that was oh. Amazing, um, you know, it uh, dawns on him that it was really Sarah and mm-hmm.
6: he, <laughs> he, oh, great. he's
4: gobsmacked. Yeah. And and then in that same episode where he turns and everyone, I swear, it, it had to have been 99% of the fandom just goes, oh,
5: <laughs> you
4: know, oh, my God, we love Ferdinand um, <laughs> because of how he turns. And it's the friend of... Uh, I mean, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's where he goes. And I think, honestly, that as far as trust goes in, in the orphan black world, we can trust him because he says, take her away. Don't tell me where. Mm-hmm. And that is the first step to trust, in my opinion. Um, he already says, I don't want to know. Don't tell me because if, if I know, then that's a bad thing. Um, but I'll take care of this. You go away. We'll deal with the Neolutionists later. And it, this is the step to his redemption, at least as far as we know, um, his character. So, and, and we know he has a soft spot for Rachel. So that, that might also be, Uh, you know, some sort of plot point next season.
3: Does he Uh have a soft spot for Sarah now?
4: No, I think it's Rachel. (laughs) I think he likes Rachel still. I don't think he, I don't think he's terribly interested in Sarah. (laughs) She
3: knows how well she could play Rachel. (laughs)
4: Well, yeah, I know. Um, but you know, Sarah, um, Rachel might be ready to settle down.
3: (laughs) Oh, God.
4: (laughs) So who knows? But yeah, that
1: twist is such an Orphan Black thing, right? Where you you just spend all season just despising the guy. He's awful. And of course, like, it's a James Frayn. So you know Mm. going in that he's going to be, like, somewhere between charming and smarmy and also probably evil. Mm -hmm. So then, like, there's the big flip at the end where he's maybe still pretty smarmy, but like, oh, he's smarmy on our side, as far as we know. So. (laughs)
4: Yeah, smart me on our side might be a good thing in this case, though, right? (laughs) No,
1: that's what I'm saying. Right. Better than the other way around.
0: Right. We don't have a smart me person on our side. We need him.
1: That's right. All's gone.
5: (laughs) 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 I probably fall into that majority. I did not like the guy until that instant. And I think he might be kind of crazy, too, because he switched like that. And we saw like a completely different side of him, but I think you have to be a little crazy to have a job like that. So, um, I think he would keep things interesting. I really do. Uh, he seems to be very impulsive, even though he, yeah, he just seems to be very impulsive. Um, he took that bat to that guy pretty quickly and pretty uh, vigorously, I guess. I don't, um, so it's just, I, I like that actor. I hope we can see more of him because he is on everything. Um, so I hope they can they bring him back for an extended uh, period
4: of time. Agreed. I like crazy, crazy, very good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, it's interesting in all of our comments so far, we haven't really talked much about the next topic I want to look at, which is going to be Rachel and all those related to her, Charlotte, her mother, and so forth. So maybe you can kick us off there, Chris.
1: I actually kind of had suspected that Susan Duncan was alive, and I don't know if anybody else really did, because <laughs> every time I mentioned it, everyone's kind of like, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> but, uh, but so there, everybody. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I felt so bad for Rachel this season, even though she's awful. So then I felt conflicted about all of my conflicting feelings. So. <laughs> Because <laughs> because Rachel remains awful, right? I mean, we found yes. out she yeah. she intended to kill off all of Clone Cult, Clone Club. Yes, and she's still uh, awful. Yeah, she's still awful. But you know, even though she's awful, I don't know that she deserves what happened to her this season. So, and now this big reveal that her other parent, who she thought had also died, was also not actually dead this entire time. And had apparently let all these things happen to her the past twenty years. You know, that's next season's going to be interesting. I actually, I had a lot of people tell
5: me that they thought Rachel's mom was still alive, and I don't. Chris, did you say that on your podcast? I think so. Okay, because I remember. I thought I, I remember listening to you and and hearing that too, and I was like, well, okay, everybody's saying it now, that I'm just going to. I, I can see where that where that could be, so it didn't necessarily surprise me. It's very hard for me to feel sorry for Rachel. They keep playing to that, and I feel myself slightly feeling sorry for her, and then I get mad and I'm like, "Don't feel sorry for her; she's evil." Um, but I did, and I did kind of feel sorry for the season, and I hate myself um, because she did a lot of bad things. Um, I did not feel sorry for her when Delphine did what she did to her at all. But when Felix kind of interrogated her, I felt kind of bad there. So, and I, I did, did they explain why Charlotte was there? Did I miss that? Nope. They didn't explain it. No, they didn't. Okay. That's why I I remember feeling puzzled and I was like, well, maybe I just didn't get it. But it's good to know that nobody else knew why either. So yeah, that's what I
6: got. Well, I didn't expect it to be. Her mommy, when uh, Charlotte came out and said, Professor Duncan, as far as, you know, do you know uh, who's here or why we're here or whatever? She goes, Professor Duncan. My immediate thought was uh, that um, uh, her dad, it wasn't the tea that killed him, it kind of just knocked him out or something. Put him in that state um, where it simulates death, but your body is. You know your heart's pumping just enough that it can't be detected, but you're still basically alive. Mm-hmm. so that's what I thought. I thought we were gonna see Ethan come walking out uh and then all of a sudden, oh no, <laughs> so um, I did feel bad for Rachel more so with uh Delphine pressing on the eye just because it was so icky, uh just doing that where were like, oh, uh, but no, she cannot be trusted. And I think that in the next season, after everything she's been through, because now she's been through hell and back in this season, whereas before she was busy, you know, being, you know, the uh, the bad woman on campus, um, this is going to be interesting with her mom is still alive. And I had said on our show, you know, is she going to say, well, look, I thought you were dead and you let me think it. And, you know, I knew dad was alive, but I just, you know, hadn't found him. Uh, so why am I supposed to you know, believe anything you say? So I think there could be some tension, but I think there's a potential that they're going to be a, a, a palpable force to deal with. And I never felt bad for Rachel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was the same way. I was just like, don't feel bad for her. You know? The only reason you're liking the stuff with Rachel and Scott is because Scott's making her do something she doesn't want to do. Play Agricola. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah, I was, I was just saying, no, don't feel bad for her. And then when she escapes, I suddenly felt like an idiot because I was like, I should have seen that coming. Yeah. <laughs> we were yeah. thinking, you know, is Felix and Scott going to help her get out and all that sort of stuff? So when she did escape, we we're like, God, now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> and, um, I, I, I had kind of suspected too that Susan, was still alive. So when uh, Charlotte comes out, you know, that raises the question too. Is Marion Bowles involved in this somehow as well? Um, that's going to be a great storyline in season four for sure. Yep. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Screw Rachel.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, when we saw the, um, Dr. Nealon call, uh, on the phone and talked to the woman and we just saw the back of her head. At that point I kind of figured it was uh, Su- um, Susan Duncan. Uh, before that I would never given a thought to her coming back but as soon as we saw the back of the head I said oh Rachel's mom's back. So I, I wasn't surprised whenever she walked out there. Um, the-, the whole thing with Charlotte is what my big question is because she was Marion's daughter and now she says that Rachel's going to be her new mom so does what I'm trying to figure out is does that mean Marion is in with them and she needs Rachel to take care of her daughter and Rachel's actually a good choice if we look back over the seasons all she's really wanted was a child so we know that Rachel would protect Charlotte very well or does it mean that Marion was discovered and they did her in because she was topside which is supposed to be the the head of the everything and uh, well, we find out that at the end, Neolution is, but, um, do they find out that she was working against stuff trying to help the leaders? And so they ended up killing her. And that's why Charlotte needs a new mom. Mm. So the whole thing is, is, that's is, a good point. you know, is Marion alive? Is she dead? Cause, so there's all of that. Um, as far as. Uh, Rachel and what's going to happen in the future if you think back to season one whenever she talked to Leaky, she always used to refer to Leaky's uh, Neolutionist as kind of like a side hobby and she didn't think anything of it she was actually a little almost disgusted with it so now what's she going to think with this new eye, the Neolutionist eye that she has, is she going to like rebel against her mom and this whole thing? Or is she going to say, oh mom, what long lost mom, I lost my dad, I'm not going to lose my mom and she'll side with her. So I have that big question, what side of the coin will Rachel fall on? Now as far as hating Rachel or or liking Rachel, neither or for me, but the one thing that I keep saying and I've mentioned it many times on my podcast is everybody seems to hate Rachel so much but if you actually look at it, Helena, who we love, has actually done more against the uh, against the clones and all that than Rachel ever has. Rachel keeps threatening that she was going to do it, but Helena actually has. She's killed a whole bunch. We saw her kill Katya. She killed a whole bunch of people in Europe, and yet we've embraced her uh, for who she is, and, and now we love her. And yet we can't do the same with Rachel. Everybody says that she can't be redeemed. Where in technicality, Rachel hasn't actually done anything. She's just threatened to do stuff. So. Rachel has
4: Stop also ruining shown the story with my logic with your logic <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know she's shown that she she can be like that, but it's just I, I like to throw that out there to say like how much we've embraced Helena, like at the beginning of season one, Helena, like everybody's like, "Oh my God, Helena, she's out to kill everybody, and then all of a sudden we grew to love her. Is there a possibility that something happens with Rachel that we might grow to love Rachel no. it's a, it's there
4: Helena was brainwashed by an yep. organization. And was not acting of her own will. And Rachel is acting on her own.
6: Rachel's the only one at the beginning of the story who is self aware.
4: Yeah. At
6: least that's my differential. And was, and was raised self aware.
3: And well, isn't that a form of brainwashing as well? Like she was oh, brought in up in Dyad. to a little yeah. So when you look at the whole thing, when she I realizes hate her, her
4: with the passion of yeah. a fiery sun. But when she oh, finds but- out
3: that her mom is actually part of the Neolution that she hates, and that they're running the whole thing, there's that small gleam that she could be redeemed. I'm I'm just going to play devil's advocate for this. You one, can.
4: So. I still hate her.
3: <laughs> Fair enough.
4: <laughs> uh, again, I hate her with the passion. Of a fiery thousand, of a thousand fiery sons, Rachel. Um, I wasn't surprised that her mother was still alive, although I never theorized that her mother was still alive. So I give you kudos for that. Uh, Chris, that was amazing that you called it. Thank you. Um, uh, that she gets Charlotte. Uh, why does she get a prize for being Rachel? That is just wrong, in my opinion. And now she's going to have this life. So this is going to play out in next season. And I want to know where that goes. Uh, Now, is she going to be mad at mommy? Mm -hmm, Is she going to be blaming mommy for all her problems? Uh, I'm guessing yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's not going to forgive her very easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, You abandoned me. You know, she did the same thing with her father, but now it's going to be even more so. So there's that. Uh, yeah. Things are going to be bad really? next season. And uh I have never felt sorry for anything that happens to her. She brought it all <laughs> on herself. I am sorry. I have never <laughs> had an inkling of sorriness for her. When she stood there and watched Sarah beg to see Kira... No, absolutely not. I have no sorriness at all in my heart for her. Well, she is the worst. She is simply the worst. Press wish, on her eyeball. <laughs> you want. Yeah, I wish I'd say whatever, what, what is on my mind. Yeah, mouth.
2: I wish you weren't so gray. You know? I know, I wish I really know. pick a side.
4: I'm on. black and white on her.
2: <laughs> oh, I totally understand and totally get it. It it definitely stirs the the fandom.
4: Yeah. I think she's the only character that I feel that way about on the show.
2: Well, we couldn't finish talking about season three without touching, maybe for just a moment or so, on this small little topic. (laughs) (laughs) Who shot (laughs) Delphine? Now, as someone who listens to several of your podcasts, I've heard some brilliant ideas, both from you (laughs) folks as the podcasters and from your listeners. So this could be its own two-hour podcast, but... (laughs) <laughs> we, we certainly have to give the listeners some thoughts on this one uh, to finish out some Season 3 topics before we touch on ideas for Season 4. So, Mark, why don't you kick us off
3: there? Well, I am I know what the obvious and what so many people are saying is that it must be Shay. But I... I Actually, that was my first thought. After watching the episode, I thought it has to be Shay and Delphine when she says what's going to happen to her was talking about Cosima. But actually during my podcast, one of my listeners said something and it kind of twisted my my thinking because I don't want it to be Shay. I want Shay to be good. So I didn't want to see that. And what I'm thinking is it, it was the nurse that was in whenever... Delphine goes in and discovers that it is um, Crystal instead of Rachel on the table. And the nurse comes in to help. And Delphine turns around and tells the nurse to like get out of here and don't tell Dr. Nealon. Well, Dr. Nealon would have probably surrounded himself with people he can trust, which means the nurse is probably a Neolutionist as well. And if that's the case, then it, it, it makes sense that since Delphine killed Nealon, this nurse, for, as payback, and Nealon did say that uh you're gonna die before before tonight or by tonight or whatever. And I think that he might have got word to that nurse and she's the one that confronted Delphine in the parking garage. And when Delphine said what's gonna happen to her, she was actually referring to Crystal because the she's still in Dyad uh under their care and Delphine's the only one that knows what's happened. And if Del, with Delphine gone, who knows what Dyad's gonna do with Crystal. So I I just like that theory because I really don't want it to be Shay. <laughs> Which is the popular consent, at least uh, amongst my listeners, it was. So that's my two cents.
4: It could be a lot of people. Um, I think her is not Cosima, also, uh, but I think it could be Marion. Mm. And her could be referring to many people. Marion has a lot of reasons to, to off Delphine, get rid of her, mostly because, you know, she was. I think she might have been using her as a puppet. And once things went off the rails, she figured she wasn't useful anymore. And, uh, you know, she came back and shot her. And apparently, since the actress, uh, <laughs> wasn't on this season, they shot it the way they shot it. Uh, and her could mean Charlotte. Her could mean, uh, Rachel's mother. Her could mean Rachel. Her could mean, Crystal, her could mean all sorts of things, and her could also mean Cosima. So, I think it might be Mary Boyles. You know, there's all kinds of people it could be, though. I mean, Mm -hmm. it could be Cal, it could be Angie.
3: (laughs) That's why it's so much fun. (laughs) Yeah,
4: exactly. Let's hope it's not Angie. I don't ever want to see her again. Please, (laughs) thank you. I did not like her. She's the worst.
1: (laughs) I want to, again, disagree about Angie, but that's another topic. <laughs> Here, okay, well, I, I think we got messages from one or two listeners at least saying that apparently John and or Graham confirmed that her did refer to Cosima, but those guys lie sometimes during the hiatus. So. They do. Mm-hmm, they do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. take everything they say with a grain of salt. But... Um, I have also been hearing a lot of people think that it's Shay. I don't think it is. And here is my reason why. When when Delphine turns around, it seems like she was kind of at least half expecting this, right? Mm -hmm. She doesn't look that surprised to me. Mm -hmm. Like She maybe is a little bit surprised, but she doesn't look betrayed. I feel like if it was Shay, Delphine would look betrayed. Because Delphine had just decided to trust Shay Mm -hmm. about Kasima. So, I just don't think from that reaction it could be Shay. But that's me. Uh, other than that, I have no clue who it could possibly be because there are just too many possibilities.
5: Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think at first I said it was Shay because I was just angry. But like, I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I just don't. I don't trust anybody. This show has made me not trust anybody. So, <laughs> um, it it really it really could be anybody I don't it could be Ferdinand for all I know I just it's Kira it's Kira she's (laughs) like I was looking I was like actually looking at her I was like is she looking down or is she looking like straight it's Marcy Coates (laughs) exactly (laughs) um but she did she looked like she knew the person and she wasn't surprised um which narrows it down slightly but not really at all so um I do not know I just know it, it wasn't Rachel
6: well, that narrows it down.
4: And it's no one at the dinner party.
6: <clears throat> right.
4: Really, that's all we can say.
6: Right. Yeah, the question of uh, my first thought was, what's going to happen to her meant Cosima. Uh But, you know, it could and it could not. Uh, I think some possibilities could be Shay, because of maybe some things she's found out about her, maybe that military background, uh, maybe she has a connection to Castor somehow. somehow. Uh, you know, it could be that. Um, I'm also thinking it could be Crystal, being Crystal was, um, you know, taken away and she was, you know, put under wraps and, and Delphine found out that Crystal was at Dyad. She's the one who discovered that it was not Rachel under those bandages. It was actually Crystal because she says, Oh, you're the, the doctor from the salon. So I think she could be wondering what's going to happen to Crystal. Um, Kara is another possibility. Although I don't know if she's going to be thinking about that. Uh, and then Sarah is a, is, a, is a long shot, I think, because Sarah is the only one who seems to be not affected by the caster gene uh, 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 screw up thing. So, uh, and as far as who shot her, I agree. She turned around, she put her bag down as if to expect uh, either some sort of confrontation or at least a long conversation. Mm-hmm. And she puts the bag down, she stops, she turns around, there's no shock in her face. Uh, it's almost like kind of a stone-cold look or kind of a, okay, you know, kind of like a, a resolve. Okay, so what's going to happen to her? Uh, so I guess the real question is, who's the her? Might be the thing that tips the hand, and that's why they left it ambiguous. But my vote is, um, I'm going to go with Karen on this one, my vote's for Marion Bowles. I think that probably that she was killed, and that's why uh, they want to stick uh, Charlotte with Rachel, because Charlotte was with Marion. But I'm, I'm kind of thinking Marion's still alive, and I'm, my vote is for Marion Bowles. And it could be that her is Charlotte. So,
0: And I'm thinking it was Sarah Stubbs. <laughs>
6: Never, In the greatest twist the show has
5: ever
4: had.
6: <laughs> that was
4: awesome. <laughs> nice. Good one. No, nice um
0: no, I'm, I'm going with uh, Karen as well. I think it was Marion Bowles. Yeah. I think we haven't seen her this whole season, so I think they might bring her back with a vengeance next season. Um, I'm still thinking it could have been Shay. It's a little obvious if they go there, but uh, yeah, hard to say.
3: I'm just going to throw something out here, but what Kendall wasn't at the dinner party. Mrs. S said, was, was Mrs. S there? Was Mrs. S was there.
6: Kendall was not. Oh, Siobhan
4: was there.
3: Yeah, but uh, Kendall was not. And Mrs. S, when somebody questioned why she wasn't there, Mrs. S said, oh, she had some stuff to do or she had to rest up before the big trip. So they made a point of pointing out that she wasn't at the dinner party. And Wouldn't they
4: have her under wraps pretty good, though?
3: You would think so, but who would be watching her? Ferdinand's not. Everybody that mm, would be, unless... You Mrs. Know.
4: S has some people, though. yeah.
3: But yeah, Benjamin. So would, but don't if forget, it
6: was, if it was Kendall, then who would the her be?
3: It could be Sarah, could be Kira, could be anybody. I don't know. I just threw that in. No, out.
4: It's, it's an option, definitely. I mean. Yeah, that's
6: a good that's a good one. Yeah. She wasn't there. Maybe
0: so. S sent Benjamin and Benjamin did it on behalf of Mrs. S.
3: Could be. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's so much fun to speculate, isn't it? Yeah,
0: that's true.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, and I'm sure this won't not end the speculation for any of you on your shows. Yeah. Uh, or any of you listening, so good good thoughts though, well, before we finish this call, though, we want to give folks a chance to speculate a little bit about season four, maybe topic that you're most interested in or question that's on your mind or something there, and I'm sure many of you will be talking about this more in your podcast, but at least to kind of give us a look forward, uh we'll give everybody a chance to uh, share a couple thoughts about potential for our next season. uh Karen, why don't you kick us off there?
4: Sure, um. I really just want to see more of Cal and and Kira next season. Um, they've really hinted at the fact that Kira has some special abilities and I'm, you know, I'm not talking about superhero abilities, but she's, she is very, very intuitive and she can tell apart the clones even when they're impersonating each other. And I, I want to know. More about her. Um, I'm thinking that they didn't show her a lot this season because she has grown up quite a bit <laughs> and they kind of want us to, uh, distance ourselves from her, um, and not recognize that she's aged a little bit. Um, but Cal, hello. Uh, he's on Game of Thrones, which might be part of it, but, uh, hello. I need my man candy now that Dylan Bruce isn't on. Hello. Come back. Uh, So, (laughs) I'm sorry, but Christian's not going to do it. No offense to him. He's lovely, but. um,
6: (laughs) But he twerks so well. Come on.
4: He does. I like him. I really do like him. I just, I need my man candy.
0: I hear you. You don't like baby Um, (laughs) dogs? You don't like blue undies? He's all right. (laughs) Tidy blueies? If I
4: want someone that looks like Christian, I can look at my husband. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I want someone who looks like my romance novel covers, and that would be Cal. <laughs> uh, so, I, but anyway, their story is fascinating to me as well. And I do think Cal has a connection to all this. He's, it's been teased yeah, about the B, um, the technology that he developed with the bee pollinization and all that and Kira. And so I just, I, I want more of that. And that storyline is, is a good storyline. Um, you know, the Rachel and all that, I'm like, bless, bless Rachel. Uh, go away. <laughs> so, and and I want, I want them to integrate Allison more into the regular storyline. Yeah, I like nice. her with the clones. So,
1: it would be nice if, if they had Cal back. And you're talking about the storyline that they've, that they've established, that there's some sort of backstory there with his military ties. Sure. So then I'm wondering if maybe they're going to tie Shay's military background into Cal's military <gasps> background. Ooh. Because Shay also has lots of money, apparently. Brilliant. So nice. maybe that's the connection. Which Did they I don't work know. together? I don't know. That's what I want to know. So there's one of the things I want to know more about Shay, which I think is going to happen, right? They've, they've teased things there too. Chris, so. you're amazing. Thank you. And, uh, I, I'm also really, really excited that they've come back to the idea of Neolution because mm-hmm. they barely mentioned it in season two, but they did mention it that, you know, I think Ethan Duncan says something about, you know, oh, it's not Dyad, it's the Neolutionists within Dyad. And it seemed like it was going to be leading into something, and then they dropped it for, like, another season, basically. (laughs) And finally just brought it back in at the end of season three. So I'm excited that that's come up again.
5: I'm going to probably aggravate Karen by saying this. Not that I like Rachel by any means, but I do want to see... Well, I want to see how far neoolutionists spread up the chain, but I also want to see when or how this disconnect came between the Duncans, because I feel like Mrs. Duncan and Ethan had a completely different outlook on things, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I don't. I, I, she was alive, so she she knew he was cap. I'm su- I'm assuming she knew he was captured and the stuff that was happening to him, and I, I don't. I feel like she didn't care, so I'm, I'm just kind of wondering like if they took different paths and he did not agree with where she was going and how that came
4: about. I think um, you are going to get your wish before I do. Do you? Yes, I do. <laughs> and I think that might be the reason that explosion happened because they were starting on different paths. Yeah. Just th- That's just my thought. And my cow thing is going to go by the wayside. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. But, I mean, you
1: remember it also, uh, I think Ethan says something about how Dr. Leakey stole or took his Susan from him or something like that. So
6: there's new meaning there, too, now. That's right. Mm -hmm. Well, I, too, want to see what's going to happen between Rachel and her mom. I think that's going to be pretty explosive. And I think the fact that she finds out that her mom's hooked up with the Neolutionists, uh, I think that's going to give her some pause and I want to see how that plays out. Not in the sense of feeling sorry for, her. I just want to see what the tension is going to be. And I want to see what that tension is going to result in. You know, will she turn her back on her mom? Will she go along with her all the way to the end, whatever the end game is here and uh how that's going to play out. I also want to see about Neolutionists. Uh, I think that we got some of it enough to wet our appetites in the first season, uh hearing practically zero last season. And then at the end of this one, that, oh, we've been we've been controlling the whole thing out of all of you. So I'm excited to see how that's going to um how that's going to play out. How they're going to make them the big bad now, coming back into focus uh in the fourth season. And I guess uh just to see um, not one of my major points, but I like the character. I want to see what they're gonna do with Crystal. You know, now that Delphine's been shot and Crystal was asking, why does all this weird stuff keep happening to me? You know, um You know, what's she going to do? Is she going to join the Clone Club? I don't know. Sarah really didn't want her part of it. She just wanted Fee to go in there, do his thing, and get out. Uh, But uh, just to see how she's doing. So that's what I'm looking forward to.
3: I'd love to see her join Clone
5: Club. Mm
6: -hmm. I think she would be cool, yeah.
5: I just realized that Neolution is
0: Hydra. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Really, you just
1: realized that now? Yes, I know.
0: I don't know why. I'm slow. (laughs) And I think that's the thing I'm most looking forward to is Neolution and and how Rachel is going to tie in with that. You know, is she going to stick with her mother or is she maybe going to do a 180 and come to Clone Club? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um But, yeah, that's definitely what uh, I'm most looking forward to. She gets um, a baby
4: but, if she stays with Neolutionists, Corey.
0: Well, well, she could take Charlotte with her when she mm-hmm. comes to the, you know, Joins the Force or something like that? I don't know. So yeah, so I think that's just the main thing. Everything else, you know, that's a a cherry on the top for me. So Mm. yeah, as long as we get the Neolutionist storyline, I'm going to be happy. Yeah.
3: Well, before I touch on season four, there's just one thing about season three I want to mention. We hadn't mentioned art at all. And I just want to say how it was Mm. nice at the end that art finally is integrated Mm -hmm. fully into Clone Club. Because until that dinner party... He he had never met Kasima and he had never met Allison other than video uh, chat. So, right. um, he is finally one hundred percent integrated into Clone Club, and I, I like his addition to it. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I love it Was it was a very sweet scene.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, as for season four, what I'm really looking forward to is I know uh, after uh, or during Comic Con, and I've been reading a few interviews afterwards. And they said that season four, they will concentrate a little bit more on Kira and we'll find out more about her quote unquote mystic abilities. So Yay. I'm really, really looking forward to that because they said that it, it, it's going to play an integral part in the rest of the story. Good. So uh, that's mm-hmm. going to come in season four. They also said for some reason that, that Dr. Nealon's mouthworm is, we will see it again in season four. We're going to find out more. We're going to oh. find out what that thing is. So it's not, it's, yeah, it was gross, but aren't you curious to know what the whole point of it was? So they will give us that answer in season four. So I'm looking forward to that. Crystal, I really hope Crystal does become part of Clone Club. I think she would be a fun addition to the club. And as she said, she's not stupid, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll leave our, everybody's opinion on that, but. Um, I never thought the Neolution's would be back after season one when they were pretty either. well g- gone. I had said on my podcast that that was it. Leaky's dead, Neolution part is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really pleasantly surprised. And to find out that the Leaky side of Neolution was just kind of a, a, a small tip of it and, and just uh, whatever, the tip of the iceberg, that there's so much more. And as Neelan said, the science is so much more than you can ever think it is. So I'm really curious to know what that's going to be. And of course, I'm, I really want to know what's going to happen with Ferdinand and how he's going to work oh, with yeah. the whole thing. Uh, I loved his character at the end there, and I really want to know how he's going to integrate into the whole story arc. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to in season four. Well,
2: lots of great stuff there. I think uh, any of you that are listening, obviously are looking forward to hearing some more podcasts from these folks and getting us ready to cover the next several months till we have the show back. But uh, before we go tonight, we want to give uh, everybody a chance to let folks know where they can find their shows online uh, and get some more great information. Uh, just uh, before I give everybody the shot, I'll let you know myself here as your host tonight, Kevin Batchelder. I do a weekly podcast over at TuningIntoSciFiTV.com, where we cover Orphan Black and all the other genre shows on TV. But uh, let's give everybody here a chance to, again, let folks know where to find them.
3: Well, I'm Mark Decote, as I said, of Solo Talk Media, and you could find me at solotalkmedia.com. I have a Facebook page at facebook.com/solotalkmedia, but if you really want to contact me, the easiest thing to do is follow me on Twitter at solotalkmedia.
1: And I'm Chris Kwan of Tatiana Is Everyone. We can be found at tatiana is everyone.com. We're on Twitter at TIE Podcast, and we also have a Facebook page, which is just facebook.com/tatiana is everyone
4: the best name for a podcast ever. <laughs> Thank you. Just my opinion. Um, you can find Steve and I at facebook.com slash pages slash the Orphan Black Podcast or at Orphan Black Pod on Twitter. And we have a Gmail account at podcast at gmail.com.
5: Um, you can find me at the nerd element on Twitter or www.thenerdelement.com and all forms of social media. The nerd element, um, are off our website. You can find the podcast there. So,
6: and I don't know if you want to find me, but if you do, <laughs> uh, you can find Corey and I and our cohort, Steve, at uh, the following places. Our website, the CWordPodcast.com. We're over on that Twitter thing at c Word podcast. <laughs> Uh, we're at facebook.com slash the C word podcast. And we have a feedback email feedback at the C word podcast.com.
2: Awesome. Steve person. (laughs) That's Steve person. (laughs) That's great folks. So again, I'm sure reason you're listening. You listen to at least one of these shows. And as you heard from tonight, you probably should be listening to more because we can't get enough good discussion on orphan black. Can we?
3: No, No, we can't.
2: (laughs) All right.
1: There's just so much to talk about.
2: (laughs) Alrighty. On that note, folks, we'll wrap it up and thank you for listening. And we hope you all take care. Yeah, take care. Bye,
5: everybody.
0: Bye. Oxtail and babka cake for
4: everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are like bull.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> is bobca cake is is good?
6: Isn't there meat in that babka cake?
4: No, it's no meat. It's it's dessert. it's good. <laughs>
1: and we'd love to hear your feedback about the, either this episode or you know anything that happened in season three or or input on future episodes if there's anything you want us to talk about let us know you can send us an email at feedback at tatiana is com. you can call us and leave a voice message at 972 you can record a voice message on your smartphone and email it to us you can also get in contact with us through Twitter at TIE Podcast or on Tumblr where we're Tatiana is Everyone Podcast, and we're also on Facebook. And in this episode, all of the Orphan Black podcasters were played by Tatiana Pisani. Thanks for listening.